Sensitive Valley Rehabilitation Centers, a new generation in rehabilitation for a new generation. Sensitive Valley Rehabilitation Centers are staffed with specialists trained in psychological counseling for victims of violence, meaning alternate viewpoints, microaggressions, or coworkers who disagree. At Sensitive Valley, we treat our patients with incredible delicacy, knowing their worldview can be more fragile than a wonton skin. Here's just one of thousands of trauma survivors we've helped. When my uncle said that Israel was right to defend itself, I, I literally saw my life flash before my eyes. After two weeks at Sensitive Valley, I feel almost back to normal. Sensitive Valley accepts most insurance and is endorsed by the New York Times, the Reply All podcast, Bon Appetit magazine, Mumford & Sons, and the ACLU. Sensitive Valley, because delicate people need delicate care. You are listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com. Tinder app by phone. So I called the, the Tinder app on the phone. Tinder by phone. Uh, what we do is we will, uh, I'll tell you the girls uh, that I see. Well, assuming you like girls, I don't know, but I can tell by your voice. It's kind of up in the air. Uh, are you? No, uh, no, no, no. I have a really manly voice. That's it. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm totally into chicks. Okay. So you are a heterosexual. Yeah. Big time. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, we're going to be scrolling through the ladies as it were. Um, what do you think about this one? I, I can't see her. I don't know. Oh, right. Okay. Well, uh, she is a brunette. Yes. Her name is Tabitha. Yeah. She is next. Okay. Uh, we're swiping left on that. Okay. Now this is Roxy. She mm, okay. is also a brunette. Yes. She's 34 years old. Mm. And in the photo here, it, it looks like she's, she might be trying to mask her appearance. I'll be honest. It looks like the okay, framing, so the framing here is a little too close, a little too posy. And, uh, I'll be honest. I, I, I think I see cat fur. Oh my guess. So she's a, she's a, like a weird loner. I, I can't guarantee that she could be a lovely, warm human being, but the framing here makes me a little concerned that she's, she's trying to hide something. Next. Swiping left on that. Okay. Now this is Patricia. Now she's uh, looks like a blonde. I can't tell. No, you know what? It's a, she's a, a bottle blonde. So I'm not sure okay. what her original hair color is, but it, it looks pretty good on her to, to be honest. And uh, okay. she is uh, standing on a boat and she's mm. wearing a, a bikini. And yes. uh, I can, I can vouch that she, she's an attractive person. She has a, a nice looking uh, body. Uh, there seems to be a Does mole she, on, on her left arm. Oh, no, it's like, I deserve better than that. Next. All right. Swiping left on that one. Okay. This is Carisha. K-A-R-R. Okay. And this is Magdalena. Magda, that's a, mm. it's a Polish name, actually. And she's a blonde. She looks as many Polish women are. Okay. She's blonde. She's 28 years old. Still a little too old for me, but okay. And it, it looks like she's she's standing 
Oh, what is that? Well, that looks, oh, she's outside of a casino in Las Vegas. It looks like Caesar's Palace. Okay. Okay, good. So she either likes to go there or work there, which means she, uh, okay, go on. Well, uh, let me get into the bio here. Uh, it says, hello, uh, my name is Magdalena. I hope you are having a good day. I work here in Las Vegas, uh, uh-huh. capital of United States, LOL. So she's making a little joke there. It looks like she's got a sense of humor. She's funny. I am a blackjack dealer and mm. I am looking for someone to spend my off hours with. I like hiking, kayaking, and cook. Okay. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm looking for someone um, to lay with very constantly and to someone to pull off a casino heist with. Well, uh, do this you want to- girl sounds like she might be perfect. So I'm going to swipe right for you on that? Yes, please. All right. And we did it. Okay. So now when do I get to um, lay with her? Well, if she swipes right on you, I will call you back. Okay, cool. Um, can I send you a, a photo of Chris Pratt to send her? That's our default. So, Brian, how are you? Jack, I'm great. How are you? Thank you. Uh, thank you. I'm well, thank you. Well, thank you for asking me how I'm doing. I'm doing great, Jack. That's great. How are things with the new dog? Because we, we know that you have just recently gotten a new dog. I'm so excited to hear the update on how things are going. Well, Jack, I'm a former cat person. And yep. I had understood pets to be kind of chill, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit aloof, maybe hang sure. out with you when they felt like it and leave you alone all the other times. And I'm finding yeah. puppies are different, Jack. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very- They're not mo- as aloof? They're not as aloof. Uh, I've never had someone follow me around as much as this um, mm-hmm. and, and almost have no, it's like having a paparazzi. They, they don't take pictures though. They just haunt you. And, um, it's been an adventure. Um, my wife tried planting something and then I heard screams and and then I saw her chasing the dog that had a plant in its mouth. So that, that wasn't good. And it's like a strip from Marmaduke. Yeah. And then I was painting a fence and, uh, and then next thing I knew that the dog was right next to me, uh, sniffing the fence, rubbing up against the fence and, and getting paint all over the dog. So that was fun. Okay, fun. That was a good time. Um, the dog last night uh, must have eaten something that did, maybe it was the house plant uh, that didn't agree with her because uh, she she relocated the ingredients of her stomach in, in a variety of locations throughout the house. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, plus, the the dog is always outside chasing bees. Did you know? Mm-hmm. Did you know queen bees have a little dot on them? You know, I did, I did recently hear that. Uh, my daughter studied bees at school and, and told me that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's an interesting thing about bees. So are you in the same uh, third grade class as my daughter? Oh my God. She looked so familiar. She looked so, yeah, incredible. That's- oh my God. I, and she kept looking over at me and I would just look at her with this quizzical expression. Like what's up with, why does she keep staring at me? Now I realize that's your daughter. Yeah, that's oh. her. That's Eden. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe she could show me her homework because I'm behind. <laughs> yeah. Why? No. And so, why did you have to go back and do third grade? Oh, it's a it's a long, long story, but it involves me forgetting. Well, you're on the right podcast. <laughs> it involves me forgetting to go to school for between third and eighth grade. 
Oh my gosh. I just, my, you know, for whatever reason, I went from second grade right into middle school <laughs> and, and I just, I, I missed a whole bunch of stuff. So, um, and it's not because I was like a wonderkind or anything. I, I, it wasn't like I was a genius and I skipped the grades. I really, I, in, in middle school, I didn't know what was going on. I couldn't read. They used to make fun of me. Uh-huh. You, you, you couldn't walk in lines to, you know, go to the next class. Yeah. I mean, I would constantly get lost. I mean, the principal would come to Seven Eleven and find me, you know, crying in the chips aisle. I'm like, Brian, where are I? I'm like, I'm in English class. He's like, no, you're not. Follow me. But it was, it was a tough time, but you know what? It's much better now. I'm more mature. Uh, I can pay attention better than I could back then. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and I have a dog. Well, that, well, that's great. And I do want to get back to the dog uh, really quickly, but, uh, but first, you know, what were some of the other big changes uh, and challenges for you as a ninth grader who stopped going to school at second grade? Well, I mean, obviously not knowing the full alphabet was limiting. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's tough. The even, I mean, punctuation, of course, was, I mean, to me, I was like, why, why you, what's this? And they'd be like, oh, that's a, that's a period. And be like, what, what does that even mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then semicolons, forget about it. Sure. I mean, I would just sit there like, what is this for? What is this for? And I just wouldn't stop <laughs> repeating that. And they thought mm -hmm. I was severely autistic, but I wasn't. I was just genuinely stunned by semicolons. Yeah. Um, and, and how did it mess or affect, I don't want to say mess, but how did it affect your socialization? And yeah, the alphabet is, can be learned, but I imagine the, the social skills that you didn't pick up would be especially debilitating. Yeah. Well, I mean, because at that age, you know, kids are, you know, they're, they're meeting one another, they're doing friend things, stuff like that. And me, of course, I was a lot younger than my peers in high school and, and a lot mm -hmm. shorter and mm -hmm. like, and in gym class, it was always kind of embarrassing for me because I would be in the locker room and I'd just be like, what are those things? And I'd be like, just losing it. Absolutely losing it. Because mm -hmm. I, I thought, I, I didn't know what to think. I mean, this. Sure. And, and, and then, you know, music class, you know, in band, I, I, I had a trombone, but my arms were so short. I couldn't, couldn't play the trombone. So mm -hmm. I could only do a few notes. Yeah, I imagine. And it was just the the deeper notes because I just couldn't get the the trombone arm all the way out there. So it was more like, blah, blah, blah. and it, it sounded right. like a car starting. So I am tearing up. It's okay. And then of course, and, 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 and you know, what, what was the response of the other kids in the locker room when you're screaming, uh, what are those things uh, as you stare at their penises? Well, they would, you know, oftentimes laugh as they beat me up calling me a pedo, which didn't make any sense because I was the youngest one there. It doesn't make it. That's really strange. Yeah. And they would beat me up and then put me in the locker, close the locker. Right. That's why I'm afraid of being closed in lockers. That's where that comes from. What were things like with girls and like, you know, school dances and stuff like that? Well, I would go up to them and I'd be like, do you want to dance? And I think some girls took pity on me. Mm -hmm. And and then we'd go, you know, I'd go up to the DJ and I'd ask him to play old McDonald. <laughs> and he would just, you know, he would stare at me and, and, or sometimes just go through his LPs and be like, well, I don't know who, who sings that Usher. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know. It was, a, right. you just wanted to, I just wanted to, I wanted to do old McDonald with a girl. 
So back to your dog. Woof. Misha is her name, right? Misha. Misha. So you, you said that, that having Misha around was sort of like having um, paparazzi in the house. And I was wondering if you could sort of walk us through some of those types of events at the house where it, was, it felt like you were, you were getting papped, as they say, with, by your dog. Well, uh, I had put on a tuxedo, uh, mm-hmm. which is a Thursday night thing. It's a tradition we do. And, yeah. and I had set up kind of a promo wall outside the house. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just about like a you know, 10 foot tall by 10 foot wide wall that just had logos on it for MTV. Yeah, t- and, Teen Vogue. Yeah, Teen Vogue and some other things, uh, other places I aspire to work. And, and then I went and I stood in front of it. And then suddenly there's the dog. Oh, man. Like a freaking paparazzi. Classic paparazzi move, trying to take your picture in front of the uh, sponsor wall. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm out, I'm out to dinner with my friend, uh, Robert. De Niro and we're having uh, just a little dinner. And, and next thing I know, I look over and there's the freaking dog. No. Yeah. It's like paparazzi. Oh my God. What'd she do in the restaurant with you and Bobby? Uh, well, I mean, she wanted to play of course. So she came over and every time she would jump up on the table and I would say, no, down, sit, sit down. No, no. And she would just look at me because she doesn't know what words mean. Yeah. It's just sound. <laughs> And, and she does, she doesn't, she's not making the connection and, yeah. and, uh, Bobby De Niro, I call him Bobby. Uh, he would just leap on the dog and wrestle it. He's a dog lover. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. And he's, he said, Brian, what you need to do is you pin the dog to the ground to assert dominance. And so Bob De Niro oh got on top of Misha and then just like kind of did a spread Eagle thing and laid his weight on the dog. And you see the dog understanding that, uh-huh. that Bob is in charge. And it wasn't because right. he's a celebrity. She doesn't know that. She's never seen Goodfellas. Yeah, she has a dog brain. Yeah, she has a dog. So to, to her, it's just the, the alpha dog showing her who's mm-hmm. boss. And she, she, and after that, she would sit, she listened to everything uh, Bob had to say. Uh, he, was, he was dishing on Bill Murray. And um, yeah, so it was really, I mean, it was a really fascinating thing. Well, you know, I'm sorry you're going through all that, Brian. It's hard work now. It's going to pay off later. I'm going to have a loyal German shepherd that will attack and kill anyone who threatens me, questions my motives, uh, d- doesn't give me what I want, brings the appetizer and entree out at the same time. Uh, I have defense against that now. And, and, and the dog, so when, when they bring the appetizer and the entree out at the same time, the dog does what? Oh, it atta- it'll, it'll just dive for the arm. Uh, and I've trained it to go for the entree arm. Okay. The idea being the entree will then fall on the floor. And so now I can enjoy my appetizer and not have to rush because the dimwit waiter brought me the appetizer and entree at the same time. Wow. This way I get my appetizer time. Uh, the waiter blames the dog. I, and I don't have to say anything because he's going to go back to the kitchen. and I'll have my entree at the right time. Oh, so this is really about you just not wanting to ever have a confrontation. I'm very non-confrontational. I don't, I don't like to engage people. Uh, and that's why I got a German shepherd. Okay. And so what would happen back in the day when you would, um, you would take your cat places? You know, the cat never stood up for me. Okay. Mochi is this meek little uh, black cat with a mm-hmm. white, white furry booties. Mm-hmm. And, and she, she never uttered a word in my defense she never uh, got me to the front of the line at check-in. She never did anything 
for me. She never uh, got my kid into the honors program uh, by, by challenging the teacher. Um, you know, I, I, I stormed in there with Misha and my kid is in all AP classes next year. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. When, when I tried that with the cat last year, there was nothing, nothing. So you see the difference between cats and dogs. Yeah, I can see that. Well, I, you know, well, it, it makes sense. You know, you know, th- thank, I, I think your cat getting um, a brain tumor, I think has really been a blessing for you. That's what I've been telling the cat. And the cat looks at me and, and doesn't say anything. I don't know if the, the vocalization part of the brain has, has been destroyed, is being slowly edged out, mm-hmm. uh, or just was radiated away. I don't know these things. Mm-hmm. I'm not a pet psychic or doctor. All I know is that she's never uh, once gotten the you know, American Express to, to take away the $79 surcharge for paying late, whereas the German Shepherd uh, did. With and they gave me really? apologies. Really? Yeah. How did you pull that off? Well, I I found out where the receptionist at American Express lived, <laughs> and I went to her house and I said, I, you, uh, "We were on the phone a couple of days ago. You guys were going to charge me uh, for for late payment, a late payment fee." Mm-hmm. And uh, just want you to know, I've been a member since 1991, and also mm-hmm. here's a German Shepherd. And then that was Misha's cue. Right. Well, maybe she was just really impressed that you've been a member since 91. Yeah. Well, she, you know, she, they, they, that means a lot to them. Mm-hmm. That means when you, after like 30 years with the, with American Express, they will tattoo your name into their arm so that they, really? yeah. So they never forget you if you call. So oh you, you call them, they will look at their arm and like, hi, hi, Brian, how are you? And they'll be like, wow. how, how's your wife? And oh yeah, I see you have a new German shepherd. Oh my God. <laughs> so so what that lady say when you presented her with the fact that you'd like that charge removed upon seeing your dog or upon meeting your dog well i mean there was a you know get it off of me get it off of me get it off of me please i'm begging you get it off of me it sounds like my wedding night oh that's right i saw the video <laughs> so brian wow yeah uh, you know, I, I know you're really into this um, story about the colonial pipeline being shut down. Oh my goodness! Yes, I'm a. You know me. I'm a pipeline enthusiast. You really are. You love pipeline. I mean, XL Trans Siberian Sino uh, thingy. I mean, it's all. I'm. It's all passionate of thing of me. That Man, yeah. It's so yams. cool to be with a pipelineophile. I'm a pipelineophile, Jack. You're right. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love pipelines. Uh, you know, I'm not really interested in talking to you about your pipeline um, fandom, but more about your um, your background in, in security and, and uh, you know, knowing what's going on in terms of potential attacks and threats to the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people who don't know, this um, cyber uh, terrorist organization called DarkSide uh, last week uh, conducted a cyber attack on the East Coast's biggest oil pipeline that has basically shut it down, shut down all of the sort of oil and gas uh, manufacturing on the East Coast. And so prices are soaring and it's a major, it's one of the biggest cyber attacks on uh, the U.S. homeland uh, ever. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering if you could 
tell me about some of the other attacks and some of the other things that Americans need to get ready for. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, they, they have gotten their fingers into a lot of our networks. They have infiltrated, they've come through the back door. Is mm. That's the term, the back door. They come in through that. One of their plans is called Operation Dunham. Oh my gosh. Okay. That sounds scary. What, what is that? Well, they have infiltrated video streaming networks such as Netflix, Disney Plus, uh, CBS, whatever the hell they call that one. Sure. And all access. And mm -hmm. uh, what they will do is in the middle of whatever you're watching, be it a, a TV yep. show, be it a movie, Star Wars, whatever, uh, you, there will be a, a five to eight second clip of Lena Dunham getting naked. <laughs> and of course, it throws you off in multiple ways. One, you know, you're watching, say, The Mandalorian. Yep. You go from Baby Yoda to to Lena Dunham naked, and you know, it, and it's jarring because you don't mm -hmm. know is this part of what happened? Was this some crazy plot twist? And mm -hmm. also, why is she doing that? Does she think mm -hmm. that's a good idea? Please stop it. It's going to expose a lot of our children to images we probably don't want them to see. You know, it's hard enough to keep them from seeing beheading videos. And now, you know, we've got Lena Dunham appearing on pretty much any streaming platform at any given time, but only oh, for like five God. to eight seconds. But still sign me up for the beheadings. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, that's, we should probably circle, circle back to that later. Um, okay. Uh, well, that's a horrible thing. Those monsters. Yeah. And that, you know, that's just the beginning. There's also uh, Operation Mess Your Rep. Oh my gosh. Okay. That sounds, that sounds bad. I, you know how much I love my rep. Yeah. Well, so what this does, and it, I think it's pretty uh, evil, is um, the virus gets into your computer or phone and it will grab a random text of yours mm -hmm. and, and just tweet it and email it to everybody you know. Oh gosh. Or emails. Okay. So if you can imagine like, you know, the, the texts you and I send one another, yours are filled with racial Oof. epithets and anti-Semitism <laughs> and misogyny and homophobia, yeah. transphobia, uh, biphobia, androgyny, phobia, all the phobias, Jack. I'm afraid of all of those. You people. are afraid of all those people. And yeah. e even asexual um, awareness week, you made fun of that. And this would yeah. take one of your tweets or texts or emails, and it would just blast it out to the world. Everybody in your oh, address man. book. I mean, if people knew how I felt about asexuals, I wouldn't work again. I mean, that would be the end of my career. Yeah, no, it's terrifying. It's a terrifying thought. And so that's, that's in the pipeline, as they say in the hacking business, which is funny because it's <laughs> well, also- You know a lot about pipelines. Yeah, it's about pipelines. And so yeah. that's a, another terrifying development. Uh, God, that is terrifying, especially, I mean, next month is Asexual uh, Awareness Month. That's right. It's like, well, no, I, I can't. I, it's Asian American, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander Asexual Awareness Month. Well, those people, yeah, well, those people have had it rough. They have. <clears throat> and I don't mean those people in, in the way of hating on them. I just meant as a way of saying a sentence. Yeah, no, I know you're a huge, I, you're a huge Don Ho fan, so you couldn't be Asian phobic. Because you love uh, Don Ho, a, a Hawaiian native. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I, you know, I, I was, I was worried 
for a minute there that someone under 50 would listen to our show and, and enjoy it. And I, I thank you for making sure that they've been driven away. I appreciate that, Brian. Kids, uh, Don uh-huh. Ho was a, a famous guy who played a uke- ukulele in the maybe mm-hmm. the 70s or 80s or 90s. I don't even know. I don't know if he's alive or not. I just mm-hmm. learned I just learned that uh, Wilford Brimley is dead just recently. <laughs> I know you did. Yeah, that was rough. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, and now you said there, um, there are definitely going to be some attacks on uh, uh, American sports teams. Yes. I know they're going to do things that really sort of mess with the players, their training regiments, but, you know, possibly even like having them switch teams. Like, you know, w- w- what are some things that are going to happen to the players? Well, you know, when a player is, you know, coming up to bat and then on the big screen, they'll have their face. Yes. And, um, and their stats. Well, they're going to have the guy's face melt just like in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's going to be super creepy. That's horrible. How do you concentrate after you've just watched your face fall off? Uh, well, that's the thing. That's the whole point. It's going to be the guy's going to watch his face melt. Uh, and then they, if they can get a hold of family photographs, they're going to go through the whole family melting on the screen, on the Jumbotron. And which is very disconcerting to anybody who's trying to swing. Obviously, yeah. you know, you're facing in that direction. You want your ball to go that way toward right. the jumbotron to get that home run and there's your family melting and you don't know if it's real if it's just, if they've been high, ca- kidnapped it's a, it's a terrible thing they're going to damage baseball they're just they're oh evil people totally i mean that's like Houston Astro level <laughs> despicability yeah no it's terror it's just yeah whatever you said <laughs> wow well, that's really tough and and they're going to mess with them um, uh, you said they're going to like uh, trade players around that they're like all of a sudden, like, you know, you're going to be uh, you know, a member of the Yankees in the fourth inning. And then like, you're going to just suddenly disappear. Like what, 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 what's the plan there? Yeah. I mean, you're going to imagine you're watching a game and then suddenly one of the San Francisco 49ers walks up to the plate and he's in full padding and how, and he's looking around. He's like, I don't, I don't use bats. I don't do bats. Right. What's going on here. And then, you know, he looks out, in, in the field and, and there's um, LeBron James just standing there <laughs> tweeting death threats to a, to a police officer. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. That's really messing up. So all these, oh, these bastards. Yeah. These dark side bastards. Yeah, I mean, I, they're going to now have LeBron, uh, you know, uh, you know, preaching during baseball games. Yeah. He's going to preach in all the sports. Yeah, he's just going to be keep his, they're going to get into his Google calendar. They're going to keep scheduling him to appear. And he's just going to, suddenly he's going to be, you know, in the middle of a a Manchester uh, versus Tottenham Hotspur soccer game in the United (laughs) Kingdom. And there's LeBron James in the middle of the field, looking around uh, and, and, and tweeting uh, death threats to the (laughs) Metropolitan police officers. Oh man. It's crazy. Well, I mean, it, you know, Brian, it sounds like this, this organization is really messed up and I, I really appreciate you, um, you uh, warning people, you know, it's, you know, you're the Paul Revere of, um, of the cyber world. Uh, you know, it's all about vigilance. And as you know, I have in, in my bedroom above the bed is a big banner that says vigilance to mm-hmm. remind me to be vigilant. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you just, you need to, people need to be aware. They need to be prepared. You don't want to see this coming out of left field because what, what's coming out of a left field is Larry Bird. 
So, Brian, uh, Disney, and this time we're not necessarily talking about just the parks. We're talking about the Disney uh, company, which uh, involves many different enterprises. Um, And I'm going to read some things here off the Internet. Uh, According to a trove of whistleblower materials, Disney has launched a diversity and inclusion program called Reimagine Tomorrow, which includes trainings on systemic racism, white privilege, white fragility, white saviors, microaggressions, and anti-racism. All the hits. All all the, the hits. Uh, Disney claims that America has a long history of systemic racism and transphobia and tells employees they must take ownership of educating yourself about structural anti-black racism and to not rely on your black colleagues to educate you, which is emotionally taxing. Uh, Disney has also decided to do with all their employees to um, uh, reject equality or equal treatment and instead strive for equity or the equality of outcome. They must reflect on America's racist infrastructure and, quote, think carefully about whether or not their wealth is des- is derived from racism. They then are going to make uh, employees go through a 20 day racial equity and social justice challenge. And finally, and this is what I love the most, participants are told they must pivot from white dominant culture to, quote, something different. And the document claims that competition, individualism, timeliness, and comprehensiveness are white dominant values that perpetuate white supremacy culture. I, I, I wanted to share this, this thing and I wanted to ask you about, cause you're the diversity and inclusion president at Disney, right? Yes. I uh, recently took a job at, at Disney. I am in, in charge of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Now, you know, we don't say diversity, inclusion, and equity because that acronym is die and that sends the wrong message. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's DEI and uh, oh. it's a, it's a very good paying job and I'm very excited to, to, to make changes at Disney. I made that very clear in the white people meeting that we had uh, last <laughs> week uh, where, you know, I gathered up all, all the whiteies and I put them in the whitey room and then I have another room for people of color mm-hmm. and we segregated everybody based on, on skin color and, nice. uh, and I put the Jews in with the whites. Cause they're white adjacent. No. And, uh, yeah. and so, and, and we, t- I told them, I'm very excited about this. We're going to do great things. Um, not everybody got the message, uh, because, um, a, a lot of people uh, weren't on time. Right. <laughs> that's, uh, that's awesome. Good yeah. for them. Yeah. But that's, you know, the white people were all there on time. Cause that's a whiteness thing. Uh, and then mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the people of color just kind of randomly strolled in whenever, because apparently sure. that's, that's what people of color do. Uh, based on yeah. my understanding as a diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, officer. Tell us about some of the changes that we're going to see that, you know, takes away all of the racist stuff like timeliness uh, out of Disney and, and what we can expect um, to be, uh, you know, more equitable. Well, we thought in, in, in or, in, for unity purposes, uh, the best thing to do is to directly tailor everything to one's race. And mm-hmm. so what you're going to see, and it's going to take some time for construction reasons and production reasons, uh, you will see a black versions uh, of, of TV shows. There will be a black space mountain. And, you know, and of course, as time permits, we will eventually have a, an, an Asian American Pacific Islander space mountain, mm-hmm. uh, a transsexual space mountain. Uh, and, and, you know, Disney will expand uh, seven or eight fold, uh, you know, at, at 
Disney corporate offices, there will be different entrances. Uh, depend, you know, you'll be, you'll enter the building through different doors, depending on your race. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And, and there, I know there are a lot of in corporate, there's a lot of, um, like water fountains around, you know, how are you going to, you know, make sure that, um, that's separated? Well, uh, we're going to have water fountains for different races. Uh, there's Smart. a, there's a huge warehouse of them, uh, in Alabama. So we're actually just, we're going to get those, uh, and, and mm-hmm. repurpose them for modern times. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, that's actually good for the environment. It is. It's recycling, which of course, Disney is a hundred percent green enthusiastic is what we call it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so, yeah, we're going to, we're going to have those water fountains up and running. Uh, we'll have different lunchrooms for everybody. We're making strides. We're making progress. Well, the, no one could say this is anything but progress. Yes. It's really great. Um, you, you mentioned like the different rides there. <clears throat> um, and you specifically mentioned like Black Space Mountain. How is Black Space Mountain different than White Space Mountain? Well, uh, Black Space Mountain, uh, we, th- we found uh, or we were told that, you know, keeping lines, it's a white supremacy mm-hmm. thing. Uh, yep. you know, structural integrity is a, is a white thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. a, this whiteness. And, and so uh, we're, we're removing those, those, those uh, what would you call them? Obstacles. Yeah. You know, and, and so that people can have uh, the ride that they want or that they're told right. that they want by a small That's group right. of people. Right. Of a small group of white people. <laughs> a small group of vocal white people who have ideas of, of what these people want and how they should operate. And also behind the scenes, uh, you know, where obviously meritocracy is a white supremacy thing. Uh, so therefore, the person operating, you know, your roller coaster in Space Mountain uh, might have been hired two weeks ago or might have been there for 10 years. Uh, but right. we're going to give everybody a chance. Even if they don't have the skills to um, operate the coaster. Yes. Hey, uh, you know, it's it, look, if it's someone's turn, then it's someone's turn. And of course, uh, for equality of outcomes, we have to make sure everybody has a good time. So you will stay on that coaster until you are screaming with glee. Well, that's, oh, well, that could take a while. It could take a while. There will be somebody uh, standing at the end of the ride, watching your facial expressions. And if they see you're having a good time, uh, the security bar will lift and you can get out. And if they look, if you don't look like you're having a good time, uh, you will continue until you do. Security bars? I didn't realize you were racist. Oh, my God. Jack. Yes, Brian. We have potential sponsors. Woo, that's awesome. It is awesome. And uh, we we have a chance to make some money for the podcast. And uh, once again, they want you to read these ads. They don't want me. I'm too polished. I'm too professional. They want you, the everyman, the the meandering voice man. And uh, the only thing I ask is that you give them a professional read. Because if you mess up, we don't get paid. Okay? Well, well, yeah, yes. Yes, of course. Uh, Being a professional and none of those other things you said about me are true. That's going to be easy for me because I'm a professional. I'm a professional podcaster. And, you know, the barrier for entry into podcasting is enormously high. It's very not like they just let anyone do it. So, you know, I'm here to kill it. Okay. So uh, you're just going to read these. And of course, I used to be in advertising. And as you know, uh, it's always best to read a commercial cold, not having seen it before, and just get it out into the world to get that advertising revenue. I'm going to send you the script right now. Okay. 
It's coming your now, way. That may, that may be best. That that seems sort of like um a, a remnant from the patriarchy or from white uh, dominant culture. I think maybe it'd be more inclusive if we let me read the copy ahead of time. So that way I know what's coming. Nope. Okay, here we go. Questionable Material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by Kenasaki Kobe Beef, the number one Kobe beef exported from Japan. The Kobe beef method provides the most outstanding beef you'll ever taste. Kobe cows are fed a healthy diet of high quality ingredients. The cows are massaged every day to keep their meat tender and free of fats and toxins. And our cows are humanely slaughtered by artisan cow. By artisan by artisan cow executioner Hideki Tatsumi. Every Thursday, Hideki comes down from, from Mount Fuji wearing nothing but a silk thong. <laughs> wearing nothing but a silk thong, thong and a katana. He carefully selects which cows will be slain using a selection process going back many generations. He approaches. <laughs> He approaches the doomed cow on tiptoe, plays traditional music, offers it flowers, <laughs> and persuades it to feel comfortable and loved. When the cow's fears have been subsided, Hideki strikes. <laughs> With lightning speed, he draws his family's heirloom katana from its scabbard and at a single stroke perfected by Grandpa Kito during his 1937 expedition into China, separates the cow's head from its delicious body. The cow has no time to experience fear, which prevents the secretion of fear fluids into the meat, which can leave a bad aftertaste. After honoring his ancestors by lighting incense and wiping tears with a lotus leaf, Hideki then processes the freshly slaughtered Kobe cow right there, using stereotypical ninja-like slashes and saying, Hiya! And banzai! And stuff until delicious Kobe steaks are piled high on the severed head so as to avoid contact with the ground. Once you try Kinsakane Kobe beef, you'll know the difference, and eating anything else will bring shame upon your family. Kinasaki Kobe beef, so good that a basketball player named himself after it. Well, we didn't get that sponsor. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, the I wasn't. It felt a little shocking to think about the man coming down from Mount Fuji and all that stuff. It it, it just surprised me a little bit, and it, it was unprofessional. I'm sorry. They do things different there, and uh, it's unfortunate that uh, we won't be advertising their stuff. It's good beef. Yeah, yeah. I just sent you uh, another script. We have another chance. Not all is lost. Okay. Just do me a favor. You know, professional. Yep. Serious, uh, just good read. Okay. I, I'm always trying my best. Um, it would help if I could read it. That's not how you do it in advertising. And I, I don't know how many times I have to say that. I was an advertising okay. check. I know these things. I, I know you were. You say that a lot. At inappropriate times, too. Yeah. It's no, a I weird know. brag. That's what my wife says. I don't care about your billboards. <laughs> okay. I, uh, I just got it. I've opened it. I haven't read it. Questionable material with Jack and Brian is made possible in part by a generous grant from the newly founded Bill and Definitely Not Melinda Gates Foundation. 
with a large endowment, and I mean large endowment, the Bill and definitely not Melinda Gates Foundation pledges to work tirelessly to fight poverty, disease, and inequity around the world, with an added emphasis on preventing suffering and loneliness for wealthy older men by offering companionship in their golden years, provided by vigorous, young, impressionable women in their 20s and maybe early 30s who hail from less morally rigid countries like Russia and Thailand. Bangkok, know what I'm saying? (laughs) By eradicating loneliness in successful seniors, (laughs) the Bill and definitely not Melinda Gates Foundation makes the world a better place, eliminating the distractions of endless booty hunting so that titans of industry and technology can focus on building a brighter tomorrow today. Now accepting applications for internships and administrative assistance must be fully vaccinated. Apply at poontown.com slash 5G slash bill. No dudes or chubbos. <laughs> ah, it's not, don't, I don't normally break. Yeah. Just the... <laughs> Just seeing the expression in your face just triggered me. I was triggered. Hmm. Man, Usually I keep straight dry. Usually fairly dry. Straight from the yeah. I know. Normally you, you're the uh, really one of the best uh, non-breakers I've ever worked with in 25 years in comedy. That's the God's honest truth. So that definitely means something. But man, straight from the desk of Bill Gates, that feels like um, that feels like he he wrote that one himself. It sounds like it. You know, he's got some extra time. You know, he's. You know, he's not much of a party or animal, so he's he's just sitting down doing his thing. Obviously, we're not going to get a generous grant uh, because you you didn't do what they need. You didn't do the. uh, Okay, listen, you know, there are other ads in the sea, as we say. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so let's just try again. Yeah, let's try again. Okay, All right. Send me the third one. Let's go. Let's do this. All righty. Coming your way. Awesome. Yeah. Read like the wind. Okay, I just got it. I'm opening it up and um, I'm, I'm ready to go. I've never read this before. Please go. Okay. Questionable material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by Grandma Bella's original recipe spaghetti sauce. Grandma Bella's, I'm sorry, Grandma Bella's family recipe came straight out of Tuscany in Italy and was passed on for generations and only by word of mouth. This cherished recipe was never written down, so it could never be stolen. Grandma Bella spends hours in the kitchen every day making spaghetti sauce for her husband, Stefano, who died in 2002. That's because Grandma Bella's memory isn't what it used to be. And that's why every jar of Grandma Bella's original recipe spaghetti sauce is an adventure. One day, Grandma Bella recalls that the recipe has oregano and mint. The next day, it's thyme and banana (laughs) or anchovies. Does spaghetti sauce have lemon juice and sprinkles in it? That's what Grandma Bella thought yesterday. But today it's cheddar cheese and pickles. Oh, Grandma, it's a shame you didn't write down the recipe. But one thing is for certain, no two bottles of Grandma Bella's original recipe are the same. And no one else can say that. Take it from Grandma Bella, who doesn't recognize her own sons. (laughs) There's no beating spaghetti sauce made in the old Italian fashion. With wholesome ingredients and some orange peel and pipe tobacco. Grandma Bella's original recipe spaghetti sauce. Look for it in a shoebox left on top of a broken washing machine. <laughs> ah, darn it. Uh, darn it all. Nuts. 
<laughs> so she sells it at a shoebox left on a broken washing machine. Uh, apparently, I you know I don't write the ads. This is from the ad agency. They know what You'd they're think doing. They would do better in a store. Uh, you know, maybe that was the intention. Maybe she thinks the washing machine is a store. Who knows? Grandma Bella is is in her nineties. She had a great run. You know who didn't have a, a great run is me. No, nope. I, I blew that one for us. I did not get us that money. No. Okay. Well, I mean, there's always next time. Well, Brian, I, I'm sorry. I've, I've let you down again. It's okay. Sorry. It's, um, I'm coming to get used to it, I guess, you know, it's, I don't want to be used to failure, but it feels like that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what it feels like to be married to me, you know, just one disappointment after another. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, well um, I, I love ending the podcast on a down note every week. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm sorry for my failure. I probably can't even end the show. Right. So why don't you go ahead and do it? Yeah. You know, f- follow us and all that. And uh, yeah. To those of us listening to the podcast, um, we are on YouTube as well. These clips are on YouTube of Jack failing time and time again. But, uh, and, and for those of you who are on YouTube, uh, there's a whole podcast uh, that you can get uh, wherever podcasts are given away for free. Um, so yeah. please check out our podcast and, and, and download it and subscribe and like it and stuff. Yeah. Nice circling back. That's good. Clever. Oh, I did good. Yeah. But no money. No. That was Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Follow the podcast to get every episode. Our website is qmpodcast.com. Our email is contact at qmpodcast.com. 